What's up, guys? Welcome out to another episode of the podcast. My name is Shane Larson. This is another week, another interview, another opportunity to learn from a guest on the show. I'm super excited to have you guys with us. Um, if you're tuning in on YouTube, awesome. Thank you. Hit that subscribe button if you could as we get to learn from our guests. If you're listening on the, the audio side of things, welcome aboard. You guys are awesome. Uh, today, we're going to be bringing on a soon-to-be collegiate softball player. She's the class of 2024 uh, she's out in Tennessee. She's going to be going. She's verbally committed to UNA, so North Alabama. Uh, but man, she's got some awesome stories. Um, we're going to be talking about her recruiting process. We're going to be talking about how God has played a role in that recruiting process, as well as just in her athletic, as well as normal life, um, and 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 how being a Christian athlete has benefited her in her life. She's going to share some scriptures with us that she enjoys. And we're also going to learn about her favorite teammates, some of the things she's learned from them, her, her favorite coaches, what travel ball is like compared to high school ball for softball. A lot of cool things coming from our guest today, so you don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. If this is your first time you know, listening or watching the show, welcome aboard. As I said in the introduction, I always talk about the YouTube channel. I left that dormant for six years. Okay, I never really did anything with the YouTube channel, uh, but now we're trying to pop more content onto the YouTube channel as well as the audio platforms. The show has already been downloaded in 180 countries and in all 50 states, but I really want to help you know people build that like YouTube platform so you can watch the interviews and get to know our guests from a visual standpoint too. So if you're listening to this and you'd prefer to watch it on YouTube, go hit, give me a, a follow on YouTube. I'd greatly appreciate it. That channel is very, very slowly building, uh, but I appreciate anybody who wants to follow over there as well. And I uh, just appreciate everybody tuning in. I will encourage everybody, as you guys learn from our guests and you listen to the, to the episode, if you enjoy the conversation, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I get that question all the time. Like, how can I help support? How can I help support? Listen, I do sponsorships with businesses. I do a lot of that. There's opportunities for marketing and everything, but... The easiest way, and it's free, to show support of the show is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to this device or on a if you're listening to the show on an Apple device, like your iPhone, Mac computer, an iPad, whatever, um, leave us a quick review. It helps the show get out to more and more people. So that's all I ask. All right. As I said in the introduction, we got a collegiate softball player with a crazy story. Um, it's gonna be a really cool one to hear from her, and I'm grateful that she reached out to share, you know, to be willing to share this on this platform. And I got some questions for her that I think will be beneficial for the audience and the young athletes that listen to this show across the entire United States and the, and the globe for that matter. And uh, joining us today is Miss Jayla Miller. Jayla, thanks for joining the show. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So give us a quick rundown, Jayla, of where you're currently at, like to, to play softball uh, we're going to get into the nitty gritty stuff, but I just want to know. So for the audience to know, where are you at um, sure. right now in your softball career? Where are you you're going to be playing for? So I'm verbally committed to the University of North Alabama to play softball and pursue my academic career as well. And I currently live in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Ooh, OK. 
So how far? So I, here's the thing. I'm all the way over here in Idaho, right? So from a logistics <laughs> standpoint, how far is Tennessee where you reside from uh, North Alabama? It's two hours. So it's not bad at all. And that was okay. like what I was kind of looking for. Like, I didn't want to be too close, like in Nashville, where my parents could be knocking at my door. You know, I joke about that all the time. But I want to be like a little bit distance. So mm -hmm. what's yeah. crazy is I got a friend of mine who just moved out to Alabama by the shoreline out there. And I didn't realize how close things were. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how close everything was until he was talking about a friend of his that was in Mississippi. It's like, yeah, we're going to take a trip over there. It was like, I guess it was like four hours max between him and Mississippi. And I, I didn't realize yeah. that. And I got a college degree and all this stuff. And you think <laughs> I know that stuff. I don't know anything about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how close the, the South yeah. all was to each other. Mm -hmm. um, let's let's rewind the clock a little bit, Jayla, and, and learn about what got you to this point. Um, I know that there's some, there's a, there's a faith-based, you know, premise to your story as well, which is going to be huge to hear. And I want to, I want to hear about that, but I also want to hear about, you know, your, your upbringing into athletics and stuff. So like when you decided to play softball, so let's talk about that as a young child, what sports did you compete in? And when did you actually get into athletics? When did you know that you wanted to actually like play sports? Cause some, some people like my sister hates sports. And so that's <laughs> why I'm, I'm curious to hear from your perspective. Like when did you decide you wanted to compete? So as like a younger kid, I just have a very natural, like competitive spirit. Like I would always like try to compete with my parents even before my little brother was here. And when he came, I was like, you know how siblings are, you compete with them. So just as a young taller, my parents put me in sports. My first sport actually was not softball, it was basketball. And for the longest time, I guess like that's kind of what I thought that was gonna be my thing. I was gonna probably try to do that in college. But then my parents put me into T-ball at a young age as well. and. I'm going to be honest. It was one of those sports where my parents kind of forced me into it at first. I was like, eh, I hate this. I don't want to go to practice. But then one, like just one day something clicked and I just started enjoying the sport. And I guess like, I guess God gave me like my talents to finally enjoy the sport that I think that I am better at. So the whole recruiting process as a whole though. So you can't, um, coaches can't reach out to you for college softball until September 1st of your junior year. And I am now, I'm currently a 2024 rising senior. So I just verbally committed about last year, last Thanksgiving. So I went to a lot of camps, like that's important. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta go to a whole bunch of camps. I wrote a lot of emails. I would tell coaches like, hey, I'll be here. I'll be wearing this, I'll be at this field. I would really appreciate it if you could come see me. Um, fast forward to September 1st, I got my first call from UNA. And I was like so excited. This was actually like in class when this happened because it was on a school day. So I asked my teacher, could I like be dismissed? And she called me, um, Coach Kozar called me and she was just like, hey, we would really like to have you on a visit. We're very interested. And UNA was one of my dream schools. Like it was on the top of my list because I'm from Huntsville, which is really close to um, Florence. So that's like my hometown. I move a lot um, for my, oops, sorry, for my dad's job and stuff. So that's my hometown and I want to go back home like and be near my family as much as I could. So I was really excited about that. Fast forward to my official visit. I went on my visit and I absolutely loved it. Like UNA absolutely felt like home. And I know that sounds really cliche. Like people say like, oh, when you're home, you'll know. But I really felt like I was at home. And so she offered me on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. And obviously that had a little bit of sentiment to it because I had a lot to be grateful for at that time, just because the whole process itself is stressful. And like you were talking about, I am Christian, I'm a Christian athlete and God helped me through my recruiting process because 
Twitter, especially like Twitter, social media, Twitter can be a very dangerous place for a softball athlete. And I guess for any athlete, I don't know how recruiting is for any other sport, really. But ever since 2020 hit, it wasn't about going to camps anymore because obviously you couldn't really do that. Everybody started posting everything on Twitter. And like I said, Twitter could be very dangerous. You're over here comparing yourself. You see all these people getting committed. Then you're like, what is wrong with me? And it was just kind of that thing. And, you know, like it, it kind of comes with it, that envy and jealousy starts coming. And, you know, that's not something that's, that you want to feel, you want to have. You want to be proud for other people, but it's kind of like an emotion that took over me a lot of times. I would be frustrated with myself, jealous of everybody else that I was seeing. But then as a Christian, God helped me like see like, oh, what's for you is for you. And you may not have it now, but God has something better in store. And he did. And I'm glad all my dreams worked out the way I wanted them to. So, Man, that's that's crazy. There's a couple things to unbox there, too. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting that you're already learning that lesson at a younger age. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as like staying persistent with God's will and understanding that the timing is different for everyone because it is like social media as a whole. Like there's some benefits to it, of course, even in athletics, there's some benefits to it. Uh, but it is it can be a very dark place at times in, in mm -hmm. comparison and such. And that can put people into a tailspin. Um, and I've seen it myself, Jayla. It's weird because I coach basketball, uh, yeah. club basketball. So we travel. And a lot of my kids that I coach are juniors and seniors in high school. And a lot of them don't have offers. Uh, and then it's the spring of their senior year and they don't have any offers anywhere and they start to panic. And it's like, dude, just trust the process. It, if right. you continue to do the right things, like if it's supposed to happen, it will happen. If it doesn't though, you, you still have to put the work in, but if it doesn't, then you have to also trust that that's the way it was supposed to be. But, um, man, it's crazy. You're already learning that. I'm reading a book currently at the time of this recording, I'm reading a book called sacred pace. And it's literally, I just started it this morning at the time of this recording. And it's regarding, you know, aligning your will with God's will. And that's in everything. That's not just in church. That's in right. business and entrepreneurship. That's in athletics. That's in anything that you do in your life. Like trying to align it with God's will and trying to get to that point. It's hard for people to do that when you get in the, the swing of things in life and you want to do what yeah. you, it is best for you. And so it's kind of cool to hear as I'm reading that book, I'm interviewing you now and you're kind of talking about how you're already implementing some of those principles. Um, the recruiting process, you mentioned something that was interesting to me. You talked about how you, you emailed a lot of people. You told them, hey, I'm going to be wearing this. I'll be at this camp. I'll da, 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 da. Okay. That piece of information is huge. And I want to kind of unbox that a little bit more for the athletes that will be listening to this that need to know how like the process goes to get recruited. You didn't just land at UNA. You put the work in to get noticed by different, different schools. So where did you go? to find these emails? Uh, did you know anything about the schools that you were emailing? Um, and the camps, where did you go to find out about the camps uh, that you were attending? Okay, so with the camps, when you just go to like a whole bunch of travel ball tournaments, you know, they kind of post like, hey, like this um, camp will be here, this will be here. But like for specific colleges, if you just go to their site and like during the summer, it's like they're posting a lot about camps because, you know, that's how they make their money. And as well, just to help other athletes, they're posting about camps and prospect camps and when you can come. So if you just like look at or search up the college that you want to go to and that you're interested in. But also in saying that it is important, I've learned to like not only just look up like your dream school, like the first power five school that you come across, like, oh, I want to play here. You got to keep in mind that your athletic is only going to take you four years. If you go pro, like, that's amazing. That's great for you. But for a lot of athletes, it's the four years and you're done. There is life after sports. You are more than your sport. So you have to find if it has your major, if it has, like, what you want to study and that kind of thing. And, like, financially as well. 
because I recently wrote a research paper on female, um, the mental health of female collegiate athletes for uh, advanced placement course for AP course. And I did research and it was a low, low, low percentage of people who actually get full ride like scholarships. Um, and it's usually just like the bigger people, like, you know, for softball, it's going to be pitchers and catchers that get it, who are, who are more likely to get a full ride. So you have to do what's best for you financially as well and look into that in the program as well. So it's really just not, oh, I want to go here. You have to get to really know the school and what you look up. And as for the emails, I put my name, I introduced myself. And when you do your emails, you have to kind of have something that like pertains to you that like something that they will remember. I kind of, um, I'm very, if you can't tell, I'm very animated. I like to think of myself as charismatic. I love to talk extroverted. So I would say like a little like funny thing because I'm a little humorous too sometimes at the end of my emails just so then they could remember me. So whatever you, whatever fits with you personally, make sure that that shows and is displayed in your emails as well because it gives them a better understanding of who you are and it makes it more personable and more likely for them to either respond to you or take your email into account. Ooh, this is gold. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to mention when we first started recording, if anyone's listening to this that hasn't heard the show before or doesn't know my style, I always encourage you guys to have, like if you're listening to it on an iPhone or you're watching it on a computer, whatever you're doing, pull out your phone. It has a notepad on there and take some notes. Like I'm dead serious. Like if you're just running maybe you're at the gym and you're running on a treadmill, listening to the podcast, take your notepad out and write some notes. That right there is a, is a gold nugget right there. So just anytime Jayla says something that's going to resonate with you, take out your notepad on your phone or whatever device you're on and write something down because uh, you'll definitely you'll definitely uh, come back and reference that later. Um, when you're you know going through the high school side of things, Jayla, what, what time did you realize like, hey, I can compete at the next level? Did you know that pretty early on in your softball career? Like, or was it you know further on into high school that you said, hey, I can actually go to the next level in this sport? So it kind of clicked for me around, I would say 14 ish when I was 14, 15. So just like a two, two ish, three ish years ago. Um, I, I struggled a lot of times with like athletic self-confidence. I was that what if player, like, oh, what if I go over three? Oh, like, you know, what if I make an error on the field? And a lot of the times that would bet, like sabotage me and doing something that I know I could do that I practiced almost like in my sleep, I would mess up on the field. Um, I was that player when I was younger and I had to work on self-confidence, self-confidence and like in my mind. So once I got that figured out and I, I still struggle with it, like as many athletes will, you'll just struggle with self-confidence because it kind of comes with the job. But once that kind of clicked for me and I was like, I'm good, like, and it's able, you're able to do that in a humble way and like able to look at yourself and say like, Hey, I am good enough to be here. I'm good enough to play where I'm at. And if I know I can go to the next level, it's a dream. I will work for it. So that's kind of when it clicked for me, like 15, 14. Yeah. All right. So here's the next question. You, do you guys do travel ball then for softball, just like any other club sport? Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming you compete, you said 14 you. And so I was assuming yeah. like maybe that was a, a travel ball reference. Um, did you compete in travel ball? And if so, what was the differences between travel ball and softball compared to that of high school? Uh, Mm -hmm. like playing for your school so I've always like ever since t-ball like I was old enough to like grow out of t-ball and that kind of thing I started playing travel ball in 8u so like I've been in travel ball for a long time and obviously I just started high school ball um three two three years ago I'm a rising senior (laughs) so um 
the difference between high school and travel ball is blatantly like just the competitive nature. And some high school teams are like blessed to have a whole roster of other people who play travel ball on their high school team. So it is a little bit more competitive for them. But a lot of high schools don't have that. They're not like a state champion winning high school team. So and I still love my high school team. It's fun. But um, for athletes, like transitioning from travel ball to high school ball can be a struggle. I'm not like I was that person who struggled with adjusting from, oh, seeing pitches that are like 58, 60, like on the regular for travel ball and going to somebody who's pitching like 40 and then like, you know, whipping it and trying so hard to kill it. And it's just like, why can't I hit this ball? So it's more just like being able to adjust and I think that's important as you get older as an athlete, because you got to um, take into account, too, high school ball is a great opportunity if it's not a competitive like team or if you're not in a competitive like conference or region or whatever for high school ball. It is a good opportunity to try new things that you probably wouldn't like be comfortable trying in travel ball, like delay stealing or that kind of thing or hitting getting better at hitting pitchers that you probably wouldn't in travel ball and making those corrections there because that's the time to do it when there's not really high school or not high school coaches college coaches out there watching and that kind of thing and not to say that your performance in high school ball doesn't matter because it 100 percent does you can also build your stats from high school ball and like that'll make you a better player overall but high school for me is just another time to like take a deep breath, this sport is for fun, and to remember why I'm in softball. It's not always just for work, work, work. This is also a fun sport for me to play. That is so great. Like, that's what I, that's what I like to hear. It's, it's so, the, the the differences, I love that you mentioned competitive nature. Um, there, there are benefits to both. There are benefits to both, and that's what I like that you pointed out right there. There are always benefits to both, but if you have the ability to compete in a, on a travel team, there's just a different dynamic there. You're going to see a higher level of competition. Not always, but the majority of them are a little higher level of competition. And it's new faces, too, because you're going to different locations, playing different programs. Um, and, and sometimes that, in and of itself, just playing new faces that have a different style of play, whatever sport you're in, um, can be monumental in your growth and development. Um, so, Jayla, as you... I want to ask about the softball conditioning, training and conditioning, because every sport's different. They have their own training and conditioning. Um, as far as like the weight room is concerned, what I don't know, like what's the training conditioning like for a softball player like yourself that, that competes at a high level and will be competing at the next level? Uh, what's the conditioning and training like for you as you get like in the off season, as you get ready for your next, your next season? So conditioning and training is very important to me. So I don't know if I said this. I I am a um, primary, like I'm a utility player. I can play anywhere, but primarily I play infield, middle infield, second and shortstop. Um, I am a smaller person. I am only five foot. I'm not that like, mm, like I'm not a bigger girl. I'm just kind of smaller. So I don't really fit the standard for what an infielder at the D1 level is supposed to look like. I have been told that I am small by other schools before I committed to UNA that, oh, you're just a little bit too small for this position. Like, no offense to you, but you're a little just tiny. And also, <laughs> I mean, I my parents are small. I'm small. It's just how it is. But um, so that, I like obviously that kind of like lit a fire in me because it's something that I really can't control. Like I can always get stronger. I can always like you can. I like constructive criticism, but when people are just like, "Oh, like get taller," <laughs> can't can't really can't do really that. do that. Yeah, right. So if I can't do it like physically, I will. I, I will get bigger. So I have been lifting more. I have been trying to get bigger. And another thing too with being small, everybody expects you to either be like a small ball player, like bunting, slap 
I don't do that. I do hit for power sometimes. I am a base hit kind of person. So being on the right side and when people see you, they're automatically like scooting up and that kind of thing. So just working out during the off season and lifting those weights, because if you're going to play up on me, you like you're going to end up paying for it in the long run because I know I can hit. I may not look like it to you, but I definitely can hit and I will show that on the field. Oh, that's what I love to hear. <laughs> so in the sport of softball, in your opinion, having been there and being in the thick of things there uh, for for power hitting. Is it more technique? Is it more strength? Or is it equally both? I would say it's equally both. And when I say I hit for power, I'm not like a Jocelyn Aloe. Like, I'm not hitting, like, bombs left and right. But I will consistently hit doubles, triples. Like, I will make you work. I won't just bunt, like, in the infield. Um, I do have a little more pop than, like, my size. So I definitely do think in – switching because I have I've had had coaches try to make me a slapper nothing wrong with that using like um expanding your toolbox and skills to use it just didn't work out for travel ball I honestly think I started slapping too late but I think in transitioning to from becoming a small ball player to like a bigger ball player and being able to place the ball wherever it was it was for me it was more about technique because it was more like changing the way that I physically like was in the box, what I was aiming for in my mental, a lot of it's mental as well. Like what you are thinking in that box. Are you looking to do damage? Are you looking to like trick the runners? Cause small ball is more about like messing with the runner or not the runners, the defense's head while hitting it um, for power is more about, you know, just moving your runners, trying to get those RBI. So that kind of thing. Man. So in the sport of softball, I have this question too for you now. Like, this is great. I'll, I'll say this. I'll compare it to basketball. Um, if, when I'm talking to college coaches as a coach myself, I'll, I'll tell my players, like, there's certain skill sets in the sport of basketball. If you're an elite shooter, but you struggle elsewhere on the court, maybe your defense is slow or whatever, you can still find a spot on the court if you're an elite shooter. But if you're not an elite shooter, you better be able to make up for it on the defensive side of the floor and some other areas right. of the game. In softball, do you feel like if, if you're – an elite batter. Like you can get up there and just let it fly and you're hitting, you know, at a very high percentage. Could, does that make up for not being able to field or do you have to make sure that you're able to field as well as hit like equally as good to be able to, you know, have an impact on a team and be on the field and get in the rotation? Right. Well, I definitely think you have to be, cause it's a two, it's a two side game. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that both of those sides, if nobody scores, if you if your defense is able to hold them and if nobody scores, they can't win. But then on the flip side, you obviously have to put score. It could, the score could be zero zero all day, but it's going to be the first person who scores. So then yeah. hitting is equally as important. But obviously a designated hitter does not apply to this rule. Like if your one job is just to hit, do your job. But there's no such thing. Not that I know. I don't think there's no such thing as just a. Uh, infielder like you are uh, out like just a defensive player a designated uh defensive player so you have to be able to do both to the best of your ability and I used to I guess I was that person I was just like oh I hate hitting I'm 100% defensive I like making those diving plays that kind of thing when I didn't have as much confidence in the box but once that confidence grew I became a much better player and I definitely think if I didn't make that adjustment if I didn't make that switch I wouldn't be committed today so 
So confidence, you've referenced it a couple of times. That's something that young athletes struggle with all the time. It's, it's confidence. And you'll see people at the professional level of any sport that like you look at them, you're like, man, they're not that great, but their confidence is there. So that's why, like, I mean, sometimes that can carry you. When So you talked about like that's when the shift happened for you that you realized you could play at the next level. You were really good. But was there anything you did, Jayla, that like helped you gain that confidence to get over that where it clicks? Because I know for me personally, it wasn't until I was like, 21 22 and i was far past like my high school days of that but that's when like in basketball it clicked in boxing it clicked like i was like oh dude no i'm good enough to do this i i'm strong enough i'm i can shoot the ball i'm just gonna let it fly like i i knew it clicked at some point but everyone it clicks at different times did was there anything you did specifically that helped you gain that confidence so like i said earlier i was used to be like a big what if player and i would just think of the worst and that kind of thing but I really, I think it took me like going like, oh, for eight, like a million times for me to be like, okay, I have to make a switch. Cause I remember there was just one tournament. I like sucked it up where even like, like I said earlier, defense used to be like my thing. Like that's all I cared about. That's all I wanted to do. And it was so bad. Like it carried from the offense to the defensive and I was making errors in the field. And I was like, I got to fix something. Like it was just a complete shutdown of what I was doing. And I was like, if I don't fix this now, I'm probably not going to play at the college level. So I need to do what I need to do to make my dream happen. So I did, I reached out for help from my mom and not necessarily from my mom, but she got me somebody to talk to. I do have a therapist and um, she helps me like athletically because again, my brain a lot of times is in overdrive and I just needed a little somebody, something to help me with that. So I talked to her a lot and again, there's no shame. And I think athletes kind of find shame in asking for help sometimes, but there is no shame in asking for help because it really definitely has helped me. It has boosted my confidence. She helps me. If my brain's in overdrive, she's helped me think of other ways. Like it is okay for your brain to be going, but it's how you're thinking while it's going. So you can't be so negative on yourself where it shows on the field and that kind of thing or where it infects you in your bats. So basically, I had to learn to stop thinking so much and just do. Because when you just do it, your talent is there. Your talent will show. If you keep on thinking about it, it'll mess you up. Yeah, that's so, so great. I'm a huge proponent of like sports psychology. I have a sports psychologist coming on the show later this month. I've had multiple on the show, professional guys who've worked with Russell Wilson from the Seahawks when he was on the Seahawks, now the Denver Broncos. But I had his sports, like his mental consultant on the team. I'm a huge proponent of therapy and sports psychology. I think that's such a huge, it's a good thing that, yeah, I mean, and, and there's no shame in that. In fact, there's two sides of the game. you got a physical side of the game. you got a mental side of the game. And there's sometimes you got to work on that. Uh, the mental side doesn't come so easy for pretty much anybody for that matter. A lot of pressures that go on there. So as far as coaching is concerned, was there like I you had started talking? So was there a coach or a mentor that stands out to you? And what was one of the things that they taught you that you've been able to implement into your game? So the most important person who's had a long, like lasting impact on my softball career is Jessica Bullware. She was an FSU pitcher hall of famer, and she was my travel ball coach from 10U to 14U. Again, this was during South Carolina, like before I moved. So she basically taught me everything that I know. She gave me, like, the basics. She started me with infield. She is the first coach that um, didn't try to automatically stereotype me as, oh, you're you're tiny, you're speedy, go to outfield. Not saying that outfield is bad. I love outfield, and I'm a utility, so I play there as well. But she's the first person who gave me a chance in infield with my size and with my structure as well. So she taught me everything that I needed to know about infield and basically gave me, like I said, all like the college experience that she had onto me at a young age. And that really helped me become 
like I felt advanced for a kid my age having that kind of mentor um then so I'm really grateful for her and all that she's done for me how crazy that she was able to help you at like that's such a fundamental like foundational part of your athletic career is during that age that, that age group right there that you mentioned that right. those couple of years right there that's huge so shout out to her that's so rad um no man that's cool like that's the stuff i like to hear because like i said as a coach myself uh, i always want to make sure i have an impact in a positive way in some form or fashion to the athletes that i that i come in contact with um teammates is there any teammate that stands out to you that like was like you know uh influential in a positive manner uh during your career thus far i'm sure there's gonna be more stories later on when the days are done but uh right now you're in the middle of your career but any teammates up until this point that stand out to you and, and what did they teach you um, I actually have a, I have a few. So, um, Annabelle Ellis, she is amazing at everything she does. She is so smart, so sweet to everybody that she comes into contact to. She is really just such a, you can, like, you can see God through her and she's just amazing. And she is that person, like, I would play left field on the team that we were on and she would play third. So I was like right behind her 24 seven. She's that infielder that you wanted to go to. It gets hit to Annabelle. I'm not, do I like, I could have my eyes closed in left field. I know she's going to get it. I don't even have to worry about backing her up. She would snag anything. Um, she was just amazing. Just an amazing friend overall. Abby Ferguson, another big one. She's really sweet and she's just a strong girl, like all in general. And she's one of my outfielder friends as well. So we would be talking across the field. That's just my person. So, yeah. All right. So just two more questions. This one was in regards to your AP classes. So you're obviously very smart academically if you're taking AP courses. Mm -hmm. uh, off the, like outside of softball, what do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy studying? What are your hobbies? And from an, uh, from an academic standpoint, what's your favorite, I guess, uh, course to study? Okay. So with AP Research, that really was my favorite class that I was talking about when I wrote my paper. It was a 17-page paper on the mental health of female collegiate athletes. And just writing that paper gave me so much. Because, okay, I want to go into – I have two choices right now. I wanted to go into pre-law for the longest time and be a civil rights attorney. Like, that, I want to help those who may not be able to help themselves in the world that we live in. And But I also love journalism and broadcasting. I like to talk. I like that kind of thing. I love to write. So research kind of combined the two. As a lawyer, you're going to have to research and do that kind of thing and probably write a lot. And in broadcasting, I had to present about my paper as well So and write about it, which goes with journalism. But that course really, just studying something that I'm so passionate about, it really taught me how much like the mental aspect of athletics matter mental health and that kind of thing. And I actually keep like a saying in my bio, I'm sure everybody sees it, it says the strongest mentally prevail. And I keep that as a reminder for myself because strength mentally as an athlete is so important. But I think that the word strength actually gets like misused a lot of times in the athletic community. A lot of times we think of like strength and strong as toughening it out or pushing through it. But I found like through my research and just in overall like life experience that true strength comes from vulnerability and being able to say, I'm not okay right now and I need to reach out for help. And that's where true strength is shown when a stigma is placed on us as athletes and you go against it and you reach out. Cause honestly, if it's not good up here, you cannot expect to produce good on that field. So I had to kind of learn that like the hard way through life experience and through my studies. So to answer your question, just really the AP research elective, I love to write and that kind of thing. So. 
Yeah, it's so cool. Getting to know you over the last half hour has been awesome because you can tell that you got this outgoing personality. That's that's exactly what you said. Like you have this outgoing personality, and that's it all feeds into like your studies, it feeds into your sports career. Uh it's it's awesome. So as uh as we wrap up the interview, I wanted to ask you this important piece. Um, you mentioned your bio like on, on Instagram, you you reference the strongest mentally prevail. Uh, there's uh scriptures reference there as well. And we've talked about how you're a Christian athlete. I just, I'm curious, I want you to be able to utilize this platform as an opportunity to share, you know, what, what being a Christian athlete, how, cause it can be hard sometimes, uh, to be a believer in Christ in a, in a day like today. Uh, sometimes you got teammates around you that are also believers, but sometimes they're not, or you have pressures at school and in society that are just contrary to, to that belief system. And, um, I guess my question for you is how has being a Christian athlete helped you um, in your athletic career and just, and in life in general, just being a Christian, how has that helped you in athletics and in your life? And if you wouldn't mind sharing your favorite scripture with the audience as well. Right. Okay. So, um, you gotta see. So I think just being a Christian athlete in itself, like it's a blessing in and of itself. It means that you don't have to walk through this life alone. You don't have to walk through your recruiting process alone. You are not alone because your father is with you. And just that kind of thing, having that reassurance that God's got your back. Like, and like I said, it's God's plan. So sometimes God will put you like through some things that like you may not want to go through, but at the end, like the end result, he's building you into a stronger son, a stronger daughter that he wants you to become. So that kind of thing. That is so good because I just wish people understood that. Like you mentioned, even in the recruiting process, see, I, I just wish these young athletes that if they're, if, if you're a Christian athlete or just a Christian in general, like understand that having a relationship with God doesn't necessarily mean it has to be at church. This can help you in right. your recruiting process for athletics. It He's with you. He has mentioned that multiple times. And so right. like, like it's, it's an incredible thing to see someone like yourself already implementing that. Uh, and Jayla, do you have a favorite scripture that you might want to share with anybody? Yeah. Um, in my bio, I have like three, but I think my favorite, one of my favorites is in there, Romans 831, basically the Americanized version of this. Um, if God is with you, who can be against you? And that's, I live through that daily because you're going to have, as an athlete, you're going to have people who are against you. You're going to have haters, as you call them. You're going to have like, and even then, like being a Christian, you know, the devil is everywhere in this world. And it's just true. Like the devil's work is in this world. You're going to have things that are going against you. But at the end of the day, God will be for you if you are his child. Yes, ma'am. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. This has been awesome. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, let the listeners know, because I, I want everybody to be able to follow your journey as you, you know, finish up your senior year in high school next year, class 2024. And then you go into your collegiate, you know, side of things. Um, I want to be able to follow you. So where, where can the listeners, you know, find out more about your story and when are you going to have a, do you have a podcast or blog coming down the road somewhere? Because you got a crazy personality. So I want to know more about that. <laughs> so my mom actually told me I should start a podcast and I'm really considering it. If I do do it, it's going to be next year, my senior year, um, before I leave. So may, may or may not, my mom may help me with that, but yeah, I'm really active on Instagram at all lowercase Jayla F Miller. And yeah, I'm really active on there. I also have Twitter and it's JF Miller 06. So yeah. 
I'm going to put the links here in the description of the podcast. So for those listening, you'll see that there as well. So you can go follow Jayla. And then, hey, Jayla, if you ever need help with the podcast, I'm just I'm just here. Like, hey, we're friends yes, now. You're my please. homie. So like if, if you ever need to reach out for assistance with that, I think it, I, I personally believe that if an athlete puts a podcast together, especially with like name, image and likeness being a thing that you can leverage nowadays. How cool is that if you can have like an outlet to like express yourself through a podcast, through a blog, whatever it is. Um and, and potentially get paid for it later on too, just as an FYI. So if you ever need help, reach out. But Jayla, I just appreciate you joining us and sharing your story. Thank you for reaching out. And uh, you got a fan in me as well as everybody else that listens to the show. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Appreciate you. For everybody tuning in, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.